Blog Talk Radio. Tuesday, February 24th, 2009, and you know what? I booked this show before I, I uh, created my new intro, and I forgot to update it, so the wrong intro played, so I'm going to step out and be a little unprofessional here and play you the right intro because I really love it, and I want everybody to hear it. So, guys, here's the right intro to my show. Please stay tuned for Brandon's Buzz. I'm Joan Van Ark, and the buzz is hot. This is Gloria Loring, and I've just been buzzed by Brandon, and I gave Brandon some buzz. This is Maya Bialik, and you are lucky enough to be listening to Brandon's Buzz. Hi, this is Gordon Thompson speaking, and I want to tell you that I have appeared on Brandon's Buzz, and I had a great time, and I think you will too, so please log on and have a listen. That's better, isn't it? That was worth the wait. Okay, it's Brandon's Buzz, and welcome to it. Tuesday, February 24th, 2009. It is 3 o'clock here in Texas. It's 1 p.m. out on the west coast and 4 p.m. out back east. And uh, I have a great show for you today and some quick program notes. Tomorrow, I think, I have an interview with a terrific country singer named Lacey J. Dalton. She was huge in the 70s and 80s. Uh, I'm going to talk to her tonight and get a final confirmation, which is why I haven't set up the show officially yet because she is very busy right now. She's writing legislation in Nevada about wild horses, and she's kind, of, she's kind of in and out and away from her telephone, and she's kind of having to bend to the schedule of the legislators who are working with her. And so she's not definite for sure that, that she's going to be able to participate tomorrow, but once I get final confirmation tonight, I will put it up on the website and everybody will know about it. So hopefully that will happen tomorrow. Friday morning I have a terrific interview scheduled with a fabulous woman named Nia Peoples. She is on The Young and the Restless now, as is my guest today, and she started out on Fame, good Lord, 25 years ago. She is on Walker, Texas Ranger. She was on, uh, good Lord, 100 television shows. She's a pop singer. She is a fabulous lady, and I cannot wait to talk to her. I'm a huge fan. Uh, so that's all this week. Next week, I've got a huge week lined up. Um, Claire Massey from a 90s band called Tammy Show is coming on next week. Uh, a fabulous Austin singer-songwriter named Anna Eggie is coming on next week. An actor by the name of Rayal Andrews, who was on General Hospital, is coming on next week. So it's a great week next week. It's a great week this week, and it's a great day today. You know, it, it, it's almost taken for granted now that The Young and the Restless is television's top-rated soap opera, as it has been for the past 20 years plus. But when my guest joined the show in 1982, that was far from the case. Uh, Y&R was very much a show in transition when the wealthy Abbott family arrived in Genoa City and immediately moved to center stage on the canvas. But luckily for all involved, the characters who were fully 
and richly drawn, and to a man and woman, the actors portraying them were pros, most especially this woman, whose performance as pretty and pretty insecure writer, Tracy Abbott, won her Y&R's very first Emmy Award for acting. She has played Tracy off and on for 27 years now, and has recently resurfaced in Genoa City to help her family through yet another difficult patch and to mourn the losses of two close people in her life, dear family friend Catherine Chancellor and her one great love, Brad Carlton. And she's dropped by the buzz this afternoon to discuss her latest projects and her incredible stint on America's favorite daytime show. What a genuine and great thrill to welcome to Brandon's Buzz today the stunning and terrific Beth Maitland. Hi, Brandon. That is insanely flattering. I'm blushing all the way across <laughs> these thousands of miles. Thank you for the, for the lovely introduction. How are you doing today? I'm really good. Thank you. I, all of a sudden, everything's improved a great deal. <laughs> I'm a much bigger deal than I thought I was. <laughs> well, it's such a great honor to have you on the show. I, I really appreciate you coming by to gab with us for a bit. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. We have lots of things to talk about, I think. Absolutely, we sure do. So let's get the boring stuff out of the way. Give us the 60-second bio on Beth Maitland. Where were you born? Where were you raised? Where did you go to school? Okay. Um, I was born in Rapid City, South Dakota. And um, I think that pr- uh, the town that I was born in um, was the second largest town in, in the state. And when I went to college, my freshman class was bigger than the town that I was born in. So... Um, <laughs> When I was in elementary school, my family moved to Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, There were some better job opportunities. And so I grew up in Scottsdale, and I went to Arizona State University and had a great time. I majored in music theater. Um, I did my first play when I was 13 years old, and I did a lot of uh, things in the the Phoenix area to sort of get me ready to move to California and and try show business for serious. Um, But the minute that I did my first play... Um, I kind of, I felt, I don't know, like a lot of adolescents probably, more comfortable in somebody else's skin than in my own, and I knew that I could never sit at a desk every day or in a cubicle, and I could never do the same thing every day, so it seemed like acting was for me, and so I I knew from a very early age um, that this was really something that I wanted to pursue. Um, I started singing. I, uh, my major was music theater, um, and then um, I auditioned uh, when I was still in college for a workshop on Catalina Island. That do you remember John Davidson? You must if you've been watching the show for a while. <clears throat> uh, uh, and, the, the same Hollywood Squares host, uh, he, John Davidson, yes. or a different? Uh, yes, yeah, same guy. Um, okay. he, his background was music comedy. He was actually a singer on Broadway. And, um, he, I didn't know and, that. Yeah, and he ended up, uh, he spent all of his summers when Johnny Carson used to host The Tonight Show before Jay Leno. Um, John would take over and host for him. So he was, the, at the time in the 80s, um, when I was on Young and the Restless, when I was first starting, he was actually the highest paid guy in Las Vegas besides Wayne Newton. So he was wow. a huge headliner, and he did. He traveled all over the country, all over the world, um, singing his nightclub act, and he decided to put on a, a four-week seminar, like a camp, where young people who were interested in putting together nightclub acts would, would audition first and then uh, be selected and go for four weeks to Catalina Island. What's you know what could be bad about that? Um, Absolutely. Stay, you know, I was stay. I was just out there last um, last August. Are you serious? Yeah, my boyfriend and I went out there for a vacation, and we, and uh, he used to live out in LA for a couple of years, and so we went wow. back last summer. And uh, one of the things we we never did when he lived out there was we never went to Catalina Island, and I always wanted to, and so oh. we uh, we we found one of the one of the tour lines, I guess that that. One of the ferries that goes out there every day, uh-huh. and, and we went out there and spent the day, and it's a gorgeous place. 
Isn't it beautiful? Did you guys Unbelievable. Get to, did you, you didn't just go to Avalon, to the little town. Did you get to go out and take a look around the, the island and see stuff? We did. We took a tour up to the airport, I guess, or the uh-huh. uh, the. I guess it, it's an old Air Force base, I guess, and yes. now it's kind of like an airport still. Yes. And we took that tour, and you know, the winding road up to, up to the top of the hill there, and and uh, that was the only tour we took. But we looked at the old theater, and we walked around the town, and ate oh. ice cream, and petted dogs, and it was just a it was a it was a fun fun day. How fabulous. Well, um, it's funny because most of the island, it, there's just one sort of central area called Avalon Bay, where it's the little town where you landed, where there's an outdoor amphitheater. And we did five shows a weekend as as the, the close of the week's work on our nightclub acts. We would do five shows a weekend in Avalon Bay at the amphitheater. So all wow. the students at this camp would spend the early part of the week working with professionals from all over um, the United States, Las Vegas, New York, um, Chicago, L.A., arrangers, musicians, musical directors, and we put together acts. And we would do two songs a week each and, like I said, do five shows um, over the weekend, one on Friday, two Saturday, two Sunday, and then add another two songs during the week. And by the time we were finished with four weeks, we had an entire act put together that was structured so that we could perform live at a club, in a lounge, uh, do touring, um, very similar to what Gloria Loring does, because you just talked to my girlfriend, Laura, Gloria Excellent. Loring. Excellent. Yes. And so that was loads of fun. And I got. And how I, old were you at this time? I was 19 years old. Oh my God. Yeah, and um, and so and John was a really big deal. So it, he publicized it on the Tonight Show, and I just sent in a little audition tape. You know who knew? And um, off I went, and I never came home. <laughs> <laughs> so I packed my. I had a Firebird. I packed my blue Firebird with my J.C. Penney stereo and my clothes. And when I got off Catalina four weeks later, it was still parked at San Pedro. And I'm told that's the most <laughs> significant thing about my four weeks on Catalina is that no one stole my car. <laughs> and but, did, um, did you, at that time, did you think, well, it just always works like this? Or, or did you know that you were pretty lucky? I didn't know I was lucky until a few years later. I, I must have been in some kind of a bubble or something because my first apartment after I left Catalina was right now it's, it's the high-rent district because there has been a lot of urban renewal in, in downtown Hollywood. But my first apartment was about a block and a half from the Kodak Theater, which at the time was a thing called Hughes Market. And um, I could look out my kitchen window, and my friends and I used to make pancakes on the weekends and give pancakes out to the homeless people because right out my window, the market dumpster was the major source of, of um, food for most of the local homeless people. And so we, I didn't realize it at the time, but I moved right into the middle of um, a, a, a very um, urbanly stressed neighborhood. I had no wow. idea. I, you know, wow. I was from the Midwest, and I didn't know. I found an apartment I could afford. You know, and, and, I, and, and I was very blessed to have... Um, there, no danger. Nobody broke into my house. Nobody stole my car. Every, I did fine. And I waited tables for several years. And really, um, I was doing plays at night. I went to work for a casting office for a while as a secretary to learn what, what the behind the scenes of getting into television casting and what an actor would have to face and what contracts would look like meant. So I did that for a while. And while I was working in a casting office, somebody saw me in a play. I was in a musical in Hollywood, and an agent saw me and called me the next day and said, I know, I know that um, we don't have an arrangement, but I saw you in this play, and I think that you would be right for uh, an audition that uh, there's a call over at CBS for a, a girl that's very much like you. And um, if you'd like to set it up, we can, I can see if you can have a reading. And, Holy and cow. 
In one week, I was under contract at Young and the Restless. Talk about serendipity. Yeah, crazy. And and my bosses were so funny at, my, at the casting office. Um, by then, I was their office manager, and, and uh, you I don't know if you remember any of these shows, but back then, we used to cast shows like Cagney and Lacey. And oh, sure, yeah. Heart to Heart. We did Heart to Heart, and we did um, a bunch of sitcoms that, that uh, probably no one will remember now, but... Um, <laughs> anyway, we it was they they were already looking for a temp because they said, you know what, we just know what's going to happen. You're going to be gone in a week, and sure enough, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I think wow. I went and read on a Tuesday for the casting director, and um, then on Wednesday they had a call back over over lunchtime for, to read for the producers, and on. Thursday, I had to get one of my friends to come in and cover the telephones at the casting office because they wanted me to come in for a screen test. On Friday, they called and said, you start on Monday. And I had to go in on Friday afternoon after work for a wardrobe fitting. Oh, good Lord. And they signed me to a three-year contract. Now, I did not know at the time that really they only wanted me for three months, that the character was such an... um, a, a very unique character to, to daytime, certainly, but um, it was very, uh, they were taking a big risk bringing in to a very glamorous medium on a show that primarily had beautiful, mm-hmm. you know, model type actors. They were bringing in the Abbott family and they were all going to be kind of unusual characters. And mine, especially because the shy, overweight, insecure, youngest daughter of a very wealthy, family who runs a cosmetics company and they weren't sure how it was going to go they wanted me to be the balance to their little pop singer michael damien played danny danny romolotti and they wanted me to be sort of the his sidekick and see how that went and they were completely overwhelmed by the fan mail by the response um i um i think you said serendipity and i think that was it they wrote this character and i just happened to be i sort of fell in their lap as just the right person to play the role and um, I I think I was under contract there for probably seven years, and then, like you mentioned in my intro, um, have been there for about twenty-seven on mm-hmm. and off. And did you, I mean, you you say originally three months? What was the original plan after that three months was up? Did they you have any they idea? had they were planning to just drop the character and send her off to college. Wow. And and I would, um, but like I said, they because it was sort of an experiment for the summer. They in the '80s they specialized in every summer they would pick a really substantial um, topic, a current events topic that was challenging, usually to young people, um, teen alcoholism, um, diet pill addiction, bulimia, um, teen suicide. They, were, they they would pick some very controversial topic and mm-hmm. cover that for the summer storyline to. Um, Obviously for ratings, but because the, the kids were off school in those days, Absolutely. it was just the dawn of, of VHS machines. You know, you could just start taping. But up until then, there was no way to see something over again if you missed the episode. And mm-hmm. so it drew people to tune in regularly if they were if they were you know um, overwhelmed and, and very interested in, in this exciting summer story that was going on. So um, that was their habit. Wow. And, and, they got, and they got a lot out of me, I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, they, they certainly did. I'll tell you what. You know, you, you know people you, – you mentioned this, but people easily forget it now. But, and it's possible that modern-day fans don't even know it. But, uh, you know, the Abbots weren't the original family on the show. I mean, he had the, the Fosters and the Brooks. And then, That's right. You know, when all those actors decided to leave, he took a, a major, major risk revamping this whole show, which was already pretty successful. Mm-hmm. And bringing in a brand new, you know, a brand new family. He he uh, he was lucky to strike gold with all the actors playing the Abbots. But um, 
did, did the cast who remained there, did they kind of embrace you guys with open arms, or was it tough coming in as the new people? Well, it's interesting because the, uh, they, as you mentioned, a lot of the actors had already left or were deciding to leave or were on their way out. And, and most of the situations were voluntary. It was not a situation where he just, where, you know, in some cases a producer will come in and just clean house exactly. and, and bring in all of their own, they want to put their mark on a show. In this case, a lot of the actors had been there for 10 years or something, and they were planning to leave. In one case, David Hasselhoff. Um, was one of the was Snapper, and he was one of the um, main characters, and he had just received you know this great opportunity to do the pilot of Knight Rider, uh-huh. and so he was leaving. So it really, and Tom Selleck had been there before um, before me, I because in one of my summer storylines I had to exercise all summer, and I was in gym clothes, and I was I wore Tom Selleck sweatshirts. <laughs> And I can't believe I didn't take one home. I was so stupid. I was so, you know, I was so honorable when I was a kid, and I just, oh no, I have to turn it back in. I should have kept one. Anyway, um, uh, so there were lots of characters that um, that were sort of being phased out because the actors had other opportunities and were moving on. Um, I know in the case of the Brooks sisters. Um, Jamie Lynn Bauer was a big one of the big stars, and she was. Um, she was the star. Have, pardon me. She was the star. I mean, she was. Well, I think she, I think she and probably Melody and mm-hmm. I think um, that plays Nikki and um, and Kate Chancellor. I think those and um, I know that Doug Davidson back then that they were a big love interest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Nikki and Paul. Um, but anyway, I, I, as they were getting ready to, I think Jamie Jamie Lynn was about to start a family and wanted to just take a sabbatical. So um, he Bill brought in the Jack Abbott character. And brought in one guy to play John Abbott after about Jack, six months of, after Jack being there and just being a cad. And mm-hmm. um, then he brought in a guy that he wasn't happy with. And so that guy only stayed for a couple of weeks and they, they phased him out. And he waited with Jack on the canvas for a year and then, and then decided to build a family around him. After he was, Terry Lester was the actor that played the role yeah. originally. And after he was secure with um, the storyline options and, and Terry as an actor loved him. So then he brought in Jerry Douglas to play John Abbott, and John Abbott was the first uh, sort of, you know, satellite actor for the family. And he hired Eileen Davidson and I uh, to play Tracy and to play Ashley um, probably um, two months after Jerry Douglas had already been there for some time, setting up this, establishing the family. Um, and, and you're right, it was. So the Williams were there, um, and do you remember... Um, that there was a character named Patty who was Paul's sister. Certainly, that, mar- yeah. that married Jack Abbott, played by Lilibet mm-hmm. Stern. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and later by Andrea Evans. That's exactly right. And um, so it, he started blending fairly quickly um, the characters in, in like marital relationships and stuff like that. But everybody sort of had a mystery behind them, so that if something went wrong, he had a lot of backdoor options. Um, and but but like I said, when they when they brought in the sisters, it just somehow everybody clicked. Um, there was a man named Wes Kenny who was our executive producer at the time. Bill Bell and his family still lived in Chicago and sort of ran the show from Chicago. And so um, his right hand man in Los Angeles was Wes Kenny. And Wes had a very long career in both daytime and nighttime soaps. Um, as well as a, um, a lot of theater background, and so he was looking for actors. So every tape that Bill Bell got sent from um, screen tests during that time, Wes Kenny had sort of 
sorted out the best actors for the job. And so they were trying to make a real, a real definite shift to um, actors that could handle meteor storylines. Wow. And I think that it helped. I think that um, within the 80s, we, we started creeping up the numbers and pretty no soon we were number it. one. And, yeah. and, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned Bill Bell being in Chicago. Do you think that, that um, him kind of staying f- at least physically removed from the show kind of maintained the purity of his vision for it in some way? I think in a lot of ways. I think that uh, when when a, a showrunner, when a, a a Bible writer, the person who is running the way the storyline will arc over the next six months to a year, when that person is accessible by um, every every yep. department, not just the actors, but mm-hmm. um, the but the press and the you know the uh, the network, when they are accessible, I think that um, everybody needs to make their mark. On, on what they're on the creative aspect of what they're working on. If and I think Bill, when he moved to Los Angeles, it was when the show became number one, and when his lovely daughter Laura Lee decided she wanted to be an actor. <laughs> and so um, and so I think that he decided that once his show was in first place, he had enough power and enough um, stamina to be able to manage the politics and the diplomacy necessary to keep his vision. But I but I I think you're absolutely right. I think being in Chicago, nobody could talk to him about their problems. Nobody could say, I'd really like to see my character go this way or that way. Absolutely. He really I think you're right. He really was able to to make a very firm statement with his vision. And once it was established, then it's a a lot harder thing to deviate later. Yeah. Good or bad, does your experience coming into the show as kind of the new girl does your experience or did your experience make you empathetic to new actors who come in these days? Absolutely not. Um, I, I, if any, if, if you talk to my friends, I don't, I don't know Nia very well because she started on the show. You're going to be talking to her soon. Um, she uh, Friday started on morning. The show. I can't wait. I know she's darling. <laughs> um, um, she, I, I started, I started at a, she started at a time when I was really not in the canvas. So I don't know her very well, but if you talk to anybody else, they would tell you that I'm pretty, I'm one of the most oddly opposite my character people that works there. <laughs> I, um, I'm very, very gregarious and very chatty and very friendly and and wow. not insecure and not a trauma victim and not a <laughs> and, and not a I mean the normal stuff. We're all we've all got our flaws, of course. Absolutely. But, but um, I I when pe- when new people come, I love I love that I've had three daughters uh, play my adult Colleen, my daughter, on the mm-hmm. show because it it's an opportunity for for all kinds of freshness to pursue all kinds of relationship differences to you know find to help these young actors I, I do a lot of teaching and I love young actors and I it helps that I ha, I'm happy to I'm, please I hope I'm not overbearing about it but um, I'm happy to work with them and run lines and do whatever it is they'd like to do to help sort of everybody find a footing it's the most bizarre thing to be an actor and to show up on a set and meet a perfect stranger and be having to kiss them by the end of the Absolutely. afternoon. Absolutely, it's it's such a weird. Or <laughs> you know, not even kiss them, but just have this kind of instant connection with them, instant history with them. That's it's... right, and and like on commercials, you have to show up and play a family, <laughs> um, and and make that establish that bond in the hair and makeup chair, <laughs> in the course of maybe an hour, and that includes working with children, like you know, little kids who need a little bit more in terms of. Uh, they're not actors. They're not. They haven't been to acting class, so they don't. They don't really know what tools they need to establish those things. So it's a very odd business and um, a very odd choice for career. But 
I'll tell you, I just love the challenge of doing just that, of being able to, in a fairly short period of time, establish relationships and then Oddly, I didn't think I would face this over the longer term, playing the same role on and off for you know two plus decades, almost three, to be able to find nuances within that long term portrayal to make it fresh, to make people want to tune in, to make people still like you and still be com- compelled to see what you're up to next. Um, it's it's really much more intellectual than most people think it is. <laughs> and, and I just love that. And so I think I'm very welcoming of new people, and I, and I try very hard, to, even for people that are just there for the day playing a judge or an attorney or a policeman, I try very hard to, to help them find their bearings and show them where the commissary is and tell them about the schedule. And um, I just, I've been on a lot of sets where I have not been given any help or yeah. any friendliness. And, um, you know, life's hard enough. <laughs> well, you know, you hear the gossip all the time, especially on soaps. You know, yeah. soaps kind of kind of breed on familiarity and uh, and comfort. And so, you know, when new people come in or new families come in, you always hear all the time about all the old actors grousing about, you know, having decreased airtime and you know not being nice to the people who are coming in. And it's not their fault. It's you know the people running the show that are that are making those decisions. But you know, it's 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 still it. You always hear the gossip about the actors kind of bearing the brunt of the of the uh, uh, contempt, if you will. Brandon, that's a really interesting – I've heard a lot of those rumors, but I have to tell you, um, I, I may just be um, living my in a, back in that bubble, but The Young and the Restless has always seemed to me, in all of its many phases that it's, that it's been to me over my, the course of my career there, mm-hmm. has always been a family. And um, I don't know if it came from the top, if, if Bill Bell ran it like a family because so many of his, the members of his family were involved in it. Um, his, both of his sons were in, in the business aspect. Now one, as you know, Bradley Bell is running A Bold and the Beautiful across Absolutely. the hall, has his own show. Um, his wife, Lee Bell, was the co-creator and um, one of the producers. Laura Lee acted for many, many years. Um, and and returns every now and then back and forth on the canvas. Um, I, I don't know if he, it, because it started with a family business, that the whole attitude and atmosphere is a family. Make no mistake, it's definitely a business. There are definitely power reset work and people in charge and the shift of, um, you know, when, it, when new producers come in or new directors come in, things change. But I think by and large, it's a really friendly, loving atmosphere. I think everybody is so proud that the show has retained its ratings and stayed number one. Absolutely. And through all kinds of, in the last decade, certainly transitions with writing staff changing okay. over and producers changing over, there's been so much change. I think the people that are there are so proud to be a part of this and really take it to heart. I, I don't, there's a little personality things from time to time, but I think by and large it's a really great place to work. People are very generous, and the actors really want to do a good job and, and take a lot of pride in the fact that um, not only the, sh- the, the show's value, but the, their pers- they take a lot of personal pride in their work. And um, I, I've never had a really bad time there. Um, that was generated from what we just talked about. That was, yeah. a, you know, an, an attitude problem or people not being kind or whatever. I've never, I've never had a problem there like that. You know, I certainly believe that because, as I said in the intro, I mean, we're talking about number one for 20 years, mm-hmm. and that doesn't happen by accident. No. I mean, it's you know, it's it starts from the top and it works its way down. So, mm-hmm. so, um, uh, I, 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 bravo to all you guys is all I can say. <laughs> 
Well, I think I think anyone you talk to, you can ask Nia. I think anyone you talk to will tell you that they are very, very grateful to be working there, especially with the changes in daytime in general, changes in show business in general. You yes. know, the advent of cable and DVDs and Blu-ray. You can see any movie anytime. You can watch shows on demand um, for a, a show that is a serial. Spelled with an S, not a C. <laughs> no, no oats. Um, <laughs> for a show that is that relies upon recurring um, viewers, it, it's a very challenging time to um, still be in business. So you know there, there's always in the soap press and in the scuttlebutt, you know, after the after parties at the Emmys, everybody talks about the future of daytime and will soap operas still be around in ten you years. Bet. All of that stuff. I, I really feel like people need their stories. And, you know, it's one of the other great things about show business during times of economic strife like we're facing now. Um, people need to go to the movies and, and um, think about something else for a couple of hours. People need to say, I've got to see what's happening with my Victor <laughs> and, and talk about it in the elevator. You know, I, I am in office buildings, let's say, going to the doctor or something, and so I'll be riding in the elevator and somebody will be talking about, you know, oh, you're not going to believe what this one did this. And they, and they get off and they start, well, we'll watch tomorrow and see what happens. You bet. The whole way up to the 18th floor. You think they're talking about their neighbors across the hall or their sister. And, and people are really, they take this stuff um, with just the right seriousness. It's a place to, to see people go through stuff you don't have to experience, but it takes you away from your problems. It takes you away from your daily life, the humdrum thing that we settle into of, of every day. And I, and I just, I don't think it's going anywhere. I think it may change, but I think people need their stories. They love it. Absolutely, and it's so funny that you mentioned Victor. You know, as I told you in the email that I sent you, uh, inviting you onto the show. You know, it's so great that Maria Bell, who is Bill Bell Jr.'s wife, I believe. Yes, that's right. Uh, she's she's been writing the show for I guess uh, a year and change now, mm-hmm. and uh, she's kind of revisiting all the great history between all the characters. And you know, it's 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 so funny how previous writers and producers pretty much did their damnedest to dismantle not only the Abbott family but the whole show for a time, and. Now it's kind of coming back to basics with with Maria at the at the helm, and you know it's it's funny. Twenty five years ago, the show was all about Victor and Nikki and Ashley and Tracy and <laughs> and uh, Catherine Chancellor and Lauren, and and here it is twenty five years later, and the show is about Victor and Nikki and Tracy and Ashley and Catherine, and it's back to basics works every single time it's tried. Well, you know, I am so impressed with Maria, and we can just blab for just a second on her if you don't mind. Um, she absolutely. She wrote it at Bold and the Beautiful across the hall for a little while, I understand. But she really undertook this with, with vigor. To um, the, the round of writers and producers before her um, d- had done their best to sort of dismantle with what we were talking about before. They, they came in and decided, you know what, I'm going to make my mark on this show. Absolutely. And <clears throat> when, when that happens to a show based on decades of history – it's really hard on the viewers, and ultimately that's really what this is all about. We do what we do every day for the viewers. Um, you, you can satisfy your own personal goals. You can try stretching as an actor. You can try new things as a writer. You can change with the times and younger storylines, flash cuts, different, you know, smash cuts, different ways to put a show together. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, if the audience that you're playing to is not happy with the change, you really have to be responsible and evaluate that because it's all about what the audience wants to see. And mm-hmm. 
I really feel like Maria is um, bringing her own signature to this by doing just that, by revisiting the history of the show, by bringing back familiar faces that satisfy the fans, and she's sort of paying them back for being patient for the time when that wasn't the focus. And I really think she's doing a really great job, uh, sort of um, sort of selfishly because I'm around a little bit more lately, <laughs> which, I, which I like. But, and I'll be honest, I, I do like that. But, um, but, but I really think in a bigger way, so many of the other people in the entertainment business, I work in a whole bunch of other areas of show business as well as just being an actor, um, and, and so many of the people that are big fans or daytime fans really were, um, had turned the show off. Mm-hmm. They had really kind of turned their backs on this sort of um, dismantling. They were not interested in seeing major mm-hmm. characters be killed off. They were not exactly. interested in exactly. seeing every character in General City become a felon. They, didn't, they don't want everyone to be a criminal. They want their people to be true to the uh-huh. characters they've loved. And they, they didn't want to root for the bad guys to win. That's right. Which was, which was a big problem under, the, the, under previous regimes, I think. Yes. Um, you know, it's... it's you always need new characters, and you always need new kind of textures on the canvas just to keep things fresh. But, you know, people who have watched these shows for 30 years watch them because, it's, as you said, it's, it's, it's an hour with their friends every day. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, you, you know, when, when you take that away, uh, you know, you can have all the, all the hijinks, all the pyrotechnics you want to. But, you know, if, it's, if you're not connected to the people that you're watching, you're going to lose interest. You're going you're to turn away. I agree with that 100%. And especially, especially on a regular, on a serial, um, character-driven stories, character-driven characters, it always kind of comes back to the characters. Even if they're new characters, they need to be fleshed out, they need to be true to themselves, and they need to do things in the storyline that propels them out of the core of who they are, not because the circumstances needed some bad guy or needed someone to shoot someone or needed someone to die. So that's a really um, when 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 storylines are character driven, it really changes everything about how a viewer invests their emotion, their interest, their regular viewing. It, it really changes everything, and, and uh, I really see it heading that way, and I'm really thrilled to see it. And you know, it's it's sad that the show had to lose Don Diamond, but but I, uh, you know, kind of along the lines of what we're talking about. But the the stories that are being created in the wake of his death are going to drive this show for the next five years if they keep doing it. I agree with you, and it's amazing. And, and until something significant like that um, is pointed out, I mean, really, it, it, it was quite a shock, and it came with very little notice that he was going to be killed off. And everybody, you know, as you can imagine, the hubbub, he's beloved. He's the mm-hmm. funniest guy, and he's a great guy, and he's a family man, and he's raised, he's had a, a lot of personal tragedy in his own life, and he's, uh, he has raised his, um, he lost his brother, he raised his brother's son, he lost his sister, he raised his sister's kids. He's, he, he's like the, the father of the universe, if you can imagine it. And, um, <laughs> And you know, you so, you grew up on that show, but so did he. If you think about it. Oh yeah, he was. I hate to. Uh, I keep divulging all these little little entertaining secrets. He's quite a bit younger than I am, and I think when he started the show, he was like 19 years old, and um, he played a little bit older character. But he was. He had been on Days of Our Lives with Gloria in uh-huh, the storyline with uh-huh, Gloria, uh-huh. and um, and uh, but he was a teenager. 
And like Tracy Bregman, who started, I think, on Days of Our Lives when she was 16 years old uh-huh. and ended up over at our show. Um, both of them were just were child actors and um, were playing slightly older uh, characters. I was the opposite. I was a little bit older than my character was supposed to be. And um, so so it's it, we all have really... You know, been I played an 18-year-old character. I think I was like 22 or something. And when I started, so it's it's kind of been fun. We we have grown up watching each other get married and have children, and you know, come and go and come back again. And it's um, it you can't do that any place else in show business. You sure can't. You know, there there. I mean, there's no other place. And you know, we're talking about new shows that are coming up. There's not going to be a show that'll premiere tomorrow or next week. That's going to last for 70 years the way Guiding Light has, or, uh, good Lord, we're talking about 45 years like, like Y&R has. I mean, we're talking about American history here. You know, when, when these shows go, and they will eventually go because nothing lasts forever, right. when they go, there will be nothing like it to replace it. I agree with you. And and boy, that just that just shook me in the boots when you when you put it closer to half a century and, or, you know, or environs, that really changes I mean, I've been, I've been there half of that time, but I can tell you, it's that's a long freaking amount of time <laughs> to not only be on television, but to be making a substantial, um, to be putting your mark on people's lives every single day. That's crazy. You bet. You bet. And there's just, like you said, there's nothing like it in the in the history of the world. There's nothing like. <laughs> This, now, this, they, kind they of, would, this kind of entertainment, this format. Yeah, I, I'm a big old movie fan, and um, I was I'm a big fan of MGM musicals and that sort of thing. So I understand that there was, and even Jess Walton was in the 70s and 80s. There was a sort of a studio system in place um, where they would put a studio, like let's say Universal, would put someone like Jess under contract, and then they would have her be the guest star in all their nighttime shows that were on. And she would, you know, she'd be a guest star on this show this week, and in two weeks. She She'd be a guest star on some other Universal show, and and they would and they would put him in movies movies of the week. Mm-hmm. Now we don't really have a movies of, movie of the week system on network channels, but things like Lifetime movies and Hallmark movies, you see those crop up. That was similar to the movies of the week of the 80s and 90s. And, Absolutely. And and so there was sort of a a system of studios keeping people under contract and utilizing their talents all over the place in their own projects. And you know MGM or all of the contract houses, um, 20th Century Fox, all the places that used you know Clint Eastwood in every single um, spaghetti western, whatever. Um, but but you didn't. Maybe there were three or four or five people you worked with regularly. Uh-huh. It wasn't it wasn't the same 15, 20, 30, uh-huh. 50 people if you include the crew and the production staff that you see every day, five days a week. Absolutely, and it wasn't the same characters. Right. Yeah. Except Andy Hardy, but we won't. <laughs> We're not going to dwell on that. <laughs> so tell me, how is the cast enjoying the Paul Roush experience? Um, I I don't know. I I have spoken with him several times and and never been a, been formally introduced. Okay. <laughs> and although I know he knows who I am, he's okay. never called me by name. <laughs> <laughs> and and I know that um, he's he's. Quite a character, yep. <laughs> and and because whenever I'm I've been back over the last few months, it's been for monumental like like <laughs> twenty five principal uh-huh. people at a funeral for five days in a row. 
it's pretty hard to get a real idea of how people work on an everyday on an everyday uh, schedule when when it's overwhelming like that. It's like doing a masquerade ball. There's just there's just no way to know how everybody functions normally because yep, everybody's yep. you know dressing up like Zorro. It, so um, it's battle conditions, right? So I, I really, <laughs> unfortunately, I would love to comment, but I don't. I can't comment because I don't really know. Okay. <laughs> But, does, does, I mean, in, in some ways, does it feel like kind of the magic of the old days is back again a little bit? It doesn't. <laughs> not because of that. I've not had okay. any truck with um, when with The magic of the old days was Wes Kenny. Um, jingle, 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 jingle. He wore his keys on his belt loop. And you would hear, they, okay, we're going to take one more time. And you'd hear from far off on the soundstage, a door open from the booth, jingle, 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 as he trotted to the set. <laughs> to give you very compelling and right-on-the-money acting notes. And then jingle, 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 off it'd go, okay, we'll take it from the top. <laughs> Nowadays, at The Young and the Restless, if you get more than two takes, it's because someone knocked over a, a, a vase of flowers. <laughs> and I have never seen anything like it. We're, the, during the funeral, the Brad funeral scenes, women, these, all, these, all of Brad's women were crying and, and, do, and one take and moving on. Wow. I mean, it, there's no, you know, we'll try it another. I think we'll get a better performance if we do it over. There's none of that. Um, it, it, so everything we did was one take, moving on, one take, moving on. They have to shoot an entire show plus change, like a third, uh-huh. a quarter of another. They do. They try to do um, six shows in five days or five shows in four days in order to save studio rental. They're dark a couple of Fridays a month. And so that saves the studio rentals, and so they, they have to make that up because it's on TV that Friday. Mm-hmm. So they're cutting up, um, and they do this all over. They're doing this at General Hospital. They're doing it everywhere. It's not Absolutely. just us. But, but um, the, there is just no time. If a normal script is between 78 and 85 pages for an hour-long soap opera, and you're adding, you're working from the 8 or 9 in the morning until 6 or 7 at night, doing that 85 pages, and you're adding another 25 pages to that, or 20 pages, um, There's and you still have to be out on time, and you still have to maintain the budget, and you still have to, so it's like, okay, everybody talk faster. (laughs) (laughs) Just just faster. (laughs) So um, it's a way, it's a, the golden days of being taught to be an actor on a soap opera are gone. You have to walk in and be able to hit the ground running. Immediately. Yeah. You know, it, it must be a miracle that any work at all, get, any good work at all gets done. Well, that's what I mean when I tell you. I, I've re- people are so have to work so hard at this now. There's no teleprompters. There's no cue cards. There's no time for it. And those were some of the first departments to go. Um, and, you know, it, there there was a time when you could, you know, do six or seven takes and work up into tears. And and you know get get to it. If you were a young actor just learning the character, mm-hmm. you could get guidance from the director or guidance from the producers, and and they could give you notes. Or Bill would be watching on his monitor, and he would call downstairs to the booth and say, "Tell him this," mm-hmm. and we would get you know to to help us with where the storyline was going because we never knew. <clears throat> um, and there's no time for that now. You just say your words and move on. Wow. And so as an actor, that brings everybody up to speed. That brings everybody, everybody's juices are flowing, and they're working really hard, and, and they're doing great work. I'm sure it separates the men from the boys real fast. It really does. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> if, you know, if, if Bill were still around, would he be heartbroken to know that, or would he be kind of excited by it, do you think? Hmm. I, 
I don't know if it would be happening this way if Bill was still around. Bill, Bill, the one thing that he did do was run at, on, with an iron fist. He ran a tight ship, and he knew he he was in charge of every aspect. He approved every set color practically. I mean, he knew exactly what was going on all the time, all day long, and he was involved in all of it. And um, I I don't know if he would. Uh, I think he would be finding other ways to to work this out. I don't know if he would let there be this kind of a, a rush to um, a, a rush to completion. Um, although, although you know, although it's still a soap opera, it's still within the medium we're describing. The the work and the stories are are looking really good all it across sure the board. Is. I have friends at One Life to Live. I have friends on other soap opera. I I you know tune in from time to time, and daytime looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. And and um, you know it was they they talk about the '80s being the daytime heyday. You know that's when daytimes were the biggest deal and had the biggest budgets and the most. Instead of 42 to 45 actors under contract in the 1980s, I think they have like 15. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not kidding. Everybody else is recurring. You know, everybody else is not under contract. They just uh-huh. agree to a rate, and when they need them, they come and they work. And um, it's a way to be able to manage a budget that Absolutely. that has to something has to give somewhere. If everybody wants to go to work, they had to make you know people by and large a lot of hubbub about daytime stars taking pay cuts and to stay under contract. And mm-hmm. I mean that's been going on for ten years now. People knew that but this has been in decline, and budgets and you know advertising has spread out across the internet and spread out across cable channels now. It's not four networks plus two local affiliates. It's, it's <laughs> big, you know, and yeah. and so and so you know it's it's a hard, cruel world, but but we're, but soap opera people are making it happen. And I'm so proud to be a part of daytime. I'm so proud to have had a, a colorful history here. and um, and I'm so happy that, um, the health of daytime is is now sort of hinging on everyone's advanced productivity. Not mm-hmm. not okay. We're going to have six more spinoffs this season because there's lots of room for programming. Now it's we we only have this many shows. Let's make it good. Yes. I'm kind of waxing poetic. Huh? <laughs> Did you ask me anything this whole hour? <laughs> I did all the talking. I'm so sorry. What do you What do you want to say, Brandon? Listen, you are you are absolutely fabulous. Don't knock Don't knock it for a second because I'm certainly not. You know, let's let's talk about your your time away from the show. You left the show in '96, uh-huh. and you kind of moved behind the scenes a little bit. Um, uh, talk about some of the things you've done since you've left the show, in terms of directing and kind of behind the scenes work. Okay. Well, um, the kind of the reason I left the show is that I got pregnant, and um, and and there wasn't much storyline for my character at the time, um, and adding pregnancy to it, it was it was uh, very very challenging for them to figure out something for Tracy to do, and so um, but I still uh, I needed I had this creative. I couldn't just take time off and just stay home and be a mommy, although I loved every aspect of that. And I did spend, I'm thrilled to have been able to spend lots and lots of time with my child when she was young, my beautiful daughter, Amelia, who's 13 and will be 14 this summer. Um, but, um, 
I started doing a lot of voice work, and that started interesting me in a lot of other things as well, and re- regarding um, recording and editing and sound editing and music editing. My husband's a mixer, a sound mixer. I met him actually on a record project when I was singing on the show. He was hired to mix my project, um, and so he by then, by the time I left the show, was in TV, and so he asked me if I would like to come. And he was doing sitcoms. He's a, he mixes lots of great sitcoms, and um, he asked me if I wanted to come and work um, doing the things that I didn't know enough about to be a capable director. I kind of wanted to be a director. And I knew a lot about being an actor, about giving actors notes, about how to block a scene, about how a scene should, should play. I didn't know how to provide an editor with all the coverage that they needed to have. I got you. And the position that he put me in um, to work on his crew was the post-production liaison that I sat right next to the person that was cut, cutting the camera shots, and I got to study their scripts and take their scripts home when they were through and learn about camera shots and learn about what, um, what uh, the difference is between sitcoms and soap operas. Much bigger shots. Comedy has to be seen. There's so much more physicality to comedy, so the shots are wider. Um, there's a, there's not so many close-ups with the downstage tear. <laughs> and and so I, I, it was sort of a little time of educating myself. I started doing some video editing myself. I did some little. Um, I started teaching. And I used, I did a lot of um, class project things that were sort of student film type short short subject stuff. I started doing some little um, uh, promotional films for companies, just little small promotional things like uh, they call them industrial films in California, where okay. it's it's what you do to train your your the people that that work at your company or to promote what your company manufactures to other companies that might want to buy it, that sort of thing. And I started doing a little more commercials and a lot of voice work. And I started doing um, working with. Uh, I'm on the board of a of a, a theater company here, and we do radio plays. And I perform in them, but I also edit them and add music and sound effects and do a lot of the production work as well. Um, At the moment, it's really fun because we're in production on Alice in Wonderland, and my daughter Amelia is playing Alice. And I'm the Red Queen and her sister. So I'm the Queen of Hearts, and and I play her sister. I have several voices. But because of the Internet, and as you know, what we're doing right this very minute is is how we're gathering um, actors from all over the country. We've got actors from Chicago, actors from New York just emailing us their sound files. We send them the script, they email us their performances, and then we put it all in production software and we make a play out of it. Wow. And when we perform them live, we actually, it's really fun. We have a 1940s uh, radio station set that's all Art Deco, burgundy, and gray, and it's got, we've got antique microphones and swinging porthole doors and a Foley table. So we have a table set up with microphones where the actors, when they're not reading parts, they're over there making the footsteps and creaking doors and rattling chains, and it's just a blast. And so it's kind of like reader's theater when we perform them because although we're in suggested costume and we're on a set of a radio station, we always, um, there's always a, a preamble, like, a, like an, an opening to each play where we come in as the actors playing characters in the radio play so <clears throat> there's always something before intermission intermission we have a little out to intermission where we all become actors again and and you know argue and and then at the end it pays off with this they're just little side scenes to have the audience not be startled when everybody loses character and walks away <laughs> <laughs> but um but it's really so much fun and and um it's uh, way different than what i do on tv 
although I have always done a lot of theater, this is so much fun because it combines a lot of my technology uh, interests and information and training, and uh, and my husband helps us. We have a little studio in our house, and so um, we have um, all of our microphones ready, and we'll have a bunch of people sitting around the table with microphones everywhere, and it's just, it's so much fun, and we're like a little production house (laughs) on the farm. We We live in a rural area on a couple of acres, and we have goats and chickens and horses and dogs, and so it's like, everyone, come to the farm. We're going to have a show this weekend. <laughs> we can build it ourselves. We'll put it on the barn. <laughs> so we're back That's... to Andy Hardy again. <laughs> it's so fun. You know, in, in a way, we kind of are, though. With this, with this whole online explosion, I mean, it's kind of like the Wild West all over again. It There's is. so much uncharted territory and new frontiers to conquer. I mean, the, you know, and the ceiling is the limit. I mean, it's, 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 going, it's like going back to the beginning. It is in, in so many ways. <laughs> You're right. You're really right. And so we, I have a, a teaching partner named Joel Brooks, who's a fabulous character actor. Um, yes. And uh, Joel and I teach an audition is this, class. Is this the same Joel Brooks that was on My Sister Sam a hundred yes. years ago? Oh yes, yes, yes. That's exactly who it is. Fantastic. And and he and I teach auditioning here in Hollywood at a, a commercial casting house. And so what we decided to do is shoot our our classes and develop a master course, and we have a ten week um, a ten week series of training tapes that are available online. We're developing. That's why I was interested in your blog because if for the, all you listeners, you have to check out his blog too. He's, this Brandon is really fun. <laughs> Brandon'sBuzz.com, everybody, come check it out. Please do. But um, but anyway, we're so we're in the process of doing all that too, and we're blogging and we're getting everything set up for our launch, which is imminent. It's like within a week or two. Oh, and, how great! Uh, and so all of our educational products will be available for people too. People, our purpose was we could go online and you can find acting classes, but you you can't find and no one else teaches. Um, how an actor coming to a large center like New York, Chicago, or Los Angeles, how someone is supposed to understand the process of walking in to get the job. You may be the best actor in the world, but if you can't actually book the job, if you Mm -hmm. can't manage the process, then no one will ever get to see you do it, and your closet or your bedroom is going to be the closest you get to your best role. (laughs) You know? (laughs) And so so, um, Joel and I thought, you know, encouraged by a lot of our students who um, would get booked on a show and have to go to, to Canada for six weeks or something and not be able to make class, is there any way that you guys could put this online so that we could have access to this stuff? So we're doing that. And um, as you know, um, I was just telling you about all my little editing and stuff like that. It was so much fun to develop these DVDs um, or downloadable streaming videos because we shot all the wraparounds here in the barn. Just kidding. Here here at the little (laughs) (laughs) agricultural studio. (laughs) And my husband DP'd it and shot it and multi-camera edited it. It was just fabulous. And so we we built all the sound beds and we did all of this. I mean, really, you're, you're exactly right. It's like the wild frontier. We can... We can do anything we want to with a computer now. It's, and, it's um, so incredible. It is. And that's why I'm so happy to be talking to you because there's no other – we would never have met. I mean, we would uh, never have been able to yak for an hour or so about all kinds of things that interest both of us and you know, catch up with each other and see what we're, we're up to. We'd never be able to do any of this. Absolutely. It's and even if, even if we did, it would only be for a second. It certainly wouldn't be for an hour. I mean – Right. You know, we might meet at some fan event or something, but uh, we would never be able to do anything like this. You're right. 
and and it also then make, means that everybody else can find us. I did a little article um, for a lovely fellow on a webzine, which is you know an e- uh, um, internet version of a magazine. He does a similar thing. He has, um, he, but he's French, and he's actually French Canadian, but his readership is France and Belgium. And um, mostly you know, all the, the and Switzerland, I think a little bit, the French-speaking countries, and and um, all of a sudden people started emailing me at my little modest website in French, <laughs> telling me that they <laughs> they saw my article in his webzine of my return to the young and the restless, and they air the young and the restless in all these foreign markets, and. I had to call someone that is a friend of mine that speaks French. Uh, although I studied French for six years in school, it wasn't adequate to <laughs> to actually translate the written word. And and so, but it's been so much fun trying to answer these emails. Um, from f- how in the world would anybody see me in Paris or Absolutely. in Belgium? You know, this is just the coolest thing. <laughs> the, world, the world's as big as the head of a pin now, and 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 we're all big in it, and it's just wonderful. Do you do you still get recognized when you? I'm sure you travel all the time, and when you go out, do you still get recognized instantaneously, or all has kind of enough time passed that it's not really an issue anymore? It's no, it's just the strangest thing. In Los Angeles, people are not very eager to approach you. They're very, um, you know, they're used to celebrities, but more than that, they don't want to appear unhip. So, so they don't want to come up to you and and say, oh, I, gotcha. I, love you, I love you on a soap opera. You know, they might if you were a movie star, probably. But, but a soap star is a whole different, very much more personal relationship. So, but as soon as I leave the environs of Los Angeles, um, even with all these years past, and even though I'm not on the show regularly, people are, people squeal across parking lots and. Oddly, they hear my voice. I guess I have a pretty recognizable voice, and they'll hear me talking to um, <laughs> someone in a store or something. And they'll, I can, I'll see peripherally a head kind of trying to peer around in my peripheral vision, and I look over. And they want to just see if it's me, but I guess they recognize my voice for, first. And um, I've done some animation voices and some, you know, voice work. I did uh, some Disney things and stuff. So I don't. I don't think it's, but I don't think it's from that. I think it's because they recognize my voice from hearing it for year after year after year on daytime, and wow. it's really fun. And and people are very nice. And by and large, like I said, because soap operas are a little more personal medium for the individual, for the viewer, um, people are generally so nice and so much fun. And you bet. and it's really uh, viewers of daytime are a, a, a very entertaining and very welcoming batch of people. You know, I was telling a previous guest, I, I'm drawing a blank on who it was now, but but it was a soap star, and, and I was telling him or her, I can't, I swear to God I can't remember who it was, <laughs> but I was telling them that in some ways you guys, it sounds odd to say it, but in some, guys, in some ways you guys are more famous than people like Brad Pitt or Julia Roberts because you're in people's homes every day of the week, literally. Well, I, that's an interesting perspective. I don't think that we're more famous. What I think we are is more approachable. Okay. I think you know everybody. If you said Beth Maitland, even to a room full of fans, if you said who do you, who would you rather <laughs> um, sit, sit on an airplane next to, Beth Maitland or Angelina Jolie? <laughs> and I'm, this is self-effacing, but I don't think they'd pick me. I just don't. But um, but but it, who would you rather have a cup of coffee with? I think I think they would pick me. 
Because I think you're right. I think that it's just that the relationship is more personal. It's Absolutely. not a, it's not the number of people who know you or the kind of fame. I think that movie stars and huge TV stars and George Clooney and people that transcend both all the mediums and go back and forth but are are bigger than life are just that. And soap stars are in their house every day. They are life. They represent um, you know, all the aspects of the ups and downs of a long-term relationship with somebody, not a two-hour relationship with somebody once a year. Absolutely. So I think, and, I think it's that. I think it's personal. Personal and painfully intimate almost. I mean, <laughs> yeah. because, you know, you're, you're watching. I mean, of course, of course it's larger than life, and of course it's glamorous, but, but most of the time the stories are completely relatable at, at their core. Right. And, I agree. and you know, it's 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 things like you know, love and and family, uh, marriage and divorce and family and birth and death and Power. and things that everybody can relate to in some way. Even though yeah. even though they're they're writ large and they're extraordinary, it's still at the basic core of it. These stories are very relatable and very intimate. You're absolutely right. And I think and I so that's that's just my small take on it. I just I have a feeling it's the intimacy that um, that would make that would make a soap star next to a movie star more approachable. <laughs> well, I tell you what, I would like to sit next to you on an airplane any day of the week. So. <laughs> Bless your heart. Oh, see, I knew I dialed the right number. <laughs> well, I tell you what, this hour has flown past. It's so crazy. You're going to have to, I'm going to have to, let me tell you something. Um, first of all, there are so many people in the chat room saying hi to you. From hi, all hi, 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 hi. <laughs> We're talking about people in Nevada and Michigan and New York, and they're, they all love you. Oh, and cool. uh, I, I want to I tell them um, how to find you on the web. You've got, a, you've got your own website. I it's, do. I have, it's very modest. But you can come and you can sign my little book, or you can email me through my website. That would be great. And it's easy. It's my name.com or .net. BethMaitland.com, BethMaitland.net. Excellent. So you can find and, me there. And your, uh, your, the DVDs you were talking about with Joel Brooks, is that also oh, yes. at that website, or is that a different website? A, a different website, and um, this will this will be easy to remember too. Um, our our little company is about to launch, so you can go there and you can look what we're up to. We're still you know moving pictures around and stuff. You can go there now, but you can't buy anything or or get, have access to our um, our extensive blog and articles and all of that for about another couple of weeks. That is auditionsla.com. So that, it's easy to remember. Auditions is what we talk about, Los Angeles, auditionsla.com. Excellent. Well, you know what? i tell you what. I'm going to have to have you and Joel on the show together just to talk about this. Because that I would, think this you know is, what? He would love that. He is the funniest guy on the planet, he would, and he will make you laugh so hard. <laughs> that would be so much fun because it's, it's such a great thing. And, and, you know, I've never really thought about it, but you're right. There really is nothing like this in terms of instruction for people who want to get into this business. There's nothing like this. Uh, out there, you've you've really kind of cornered the market on something fresh and novel here. Well, I, I'm sure that we won't be the only ones for long. But I, but, that, but that was one of the. I mean, all the our regular students um, have. We only have so many hours in a day, so we can only teach so many people and so many nights a week. And so it was getting constrained to the word of mouth was getting frustrating because we wouldn't always have space for people. And so they kept saying, "We've well, got to do something to get this information out there." And you know, the obvious thing is the internet. We've just been exploring 
exploring how. And when we finally have narrowed this down to now we can go into class, we can tape things and we can do master classes and we can have, you know, special information for people that need it. But really, we looked around and there's nothing. I mean, Absolutely. you you can you can read anything you need to read about you know, um, acting technique or theory, but mm-hmm. there's just no way to know how to get through the door and get your job. And mm-hmm. we hope we're, we're hope we're providing a service too, because like I said, we've Absolutely. both been teaching 20 years each at least, and and we love young actors, and we were helped by people when we were starting, and we really. That's one thing that's great about Joel. He learned right off the bat that um, it's really important to give what what you can back mm-hmm. to people in your industry that, that could use a hand or some advice or a little help. We, and it's really fun that we've been able to see our investment pay off already in just a short amount of time with, with friends and student actors that are doing really well as a result of some help from us. So that's really rewarding and fun. And are you interested at all in branching out and talking about like, for instance, how to work with the camera, how to how to work on a soundstage, how to hit marks. Maybe so, but we cover a lot of that in our audition stuff because most in Los Angeles, most auditions are on camera now because a lot of the clients are other places or okay. they're on the set and they can't watch the whole day's auditions. So they watch them after everybody goes home. They watch an hour or two's worth of um, of just the auditions that happened that afternoon for the callbacks or whatever. So a lot of it's on camera. So we talk about that. We talk about when it's appropriate to move, how you get permission, minding where the camera operator is and making sure he knows if you're going to stand or sit. We talk about a whole bunch of that stuff um, because um, just being aware. I came from theater only. I'd done one commercial on camera when I moved to Los Angeles. So I knew nothing about camera. So I went to film school. I found a film school and I and I signed up. And um but not everybody has that advantage. And if you're in in Pocatello, Idaho and exactly. dreaming of coming to Los Angeles, wouldn't it be nice if you could study some of this stuff before, with some friends or your theater group or whatever before you get to Los Angeles so when you get here you have information. Uh-huh. We blog about I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. We, we blog a lot about your first six months in LA. How much money to bring? What to expect? How it's different from where you come from? You know how how spread out it is, and you'll have to have a car, and you have to have enough money so that if you if you get a job, you have to wait tables or something like that, so you're available when there's an audition to go to the audition, and how to you know meet an agent or a manager, and what they do for you, and what you don't need. We we talk, we blog a lot about that, and we have lots of articles and stuff. And all that's free. All that information is on the site, um, and will be you know anyone who who's interested in that can find all kinds of tips and tricks and and shortcuts. Don't make our mistakes <laughs> if it's possible. <laughs> it will save you years of aggravation. <laughs> and you know that that's really great too, because as as we were talking before the show started, there are fewer and fewer opportunities these days in terms of jobs in television and film, and so it's. There's a there's an entire pool of people fighting over the same jobs, and so any little thing I would imagine that gives you a leg up or an advantage is is absolutely a, a, a worthwhile pursuit. I would think. I think you're right, and and we hope that you are right because that's sort of what we are basing our our whole little project on. In addition to that, though, um, product I see a lot of health coming back into the industry. I see a lot of production increasing. I see a lot of new pilots this season getting ready to be shot. New projects, new, and it's not going to be just reality shows. They they're um, they're kind of circling, waiting to see if the Screen Actors Guild is going to strike. Exactly. But they're finding they're finding ways to to be productive, um, no matter what. 
they're using other acting unions. A lot of the nighttime shows are, are after contracts instead of Screen Actors Guild contracts, for example. And that's a way for productivity and, and um, production to continue. And I, like I said, in a time with, of economic stress, it's historic that um, you know people need escapism. They need a place to just get their minds off it for a little while. Their favorite show's on this night, and that gives them a break where they don't have to worry for an hour. Or they can go to the movies and see their favorite movie star for two hours and, and not think about anything in a dark, cool theater. They can just relax. And sometimes that gives you a little healing, a little health to go back and face face your everyday tasks with a little bit um, a, a better attitude or something. I don't know. Absolutely. But because of that, I see a lot of increase in opportunity, and and we hope that um, what our little our little courses and our little articles and our little information sharing will will help somebody along the way, you know, skip a few hurdles. So fantastic. So it's <laughs> it's auditionsla.com. Yes. And it's BethMaitland.com, and I've got all those links up in the chat room, and I'll have oh. all those links on my blog and on my show's website. So, um, cool. And I will get with you after the show, and we will talk about having you and Joel on here to talk just about this because it's it's really a, a great, interesting thing, and it's it's stunning that nobody's thought of it before now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I guess I guess genius just waits around for somebody to trip on it. <laughs> it's a good thing I had those my high-heeled shoes on that day. I tripped right over the top. <laughs> well, I tell you what, it has been such a thrill having you on my show and you you have a standing and permanent forum here to talk about anything you wish, anytime you wish. You are so sweet, Brandon. I've had a great time. I love getting to know you through all my talking. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But, you know, I'm an actor, and so I really like to hear myself talk. <laughs> well, like I said, you're welcome here anytime, and please come on back. Thank you so much. Before I let you go, could I get you to do a promo for my show right quick? I would love to. You can say anything you like as long as it includes the, worth, the words Beth Maitland and Brandon's Buzz. Okay. And I'm recording now, so anytime you're ready, shoot. Hey, everybody. This is Beth Maitland. You probably know me best from my role as Tracy Abbott on The Young and the Restless, and I'm talking to you about Brandon's buzz. Come on. you got to find him. Fantastic. Thank you so, so much. You're welcome. I'll be in touch soon, and we will, we will discuss further uh, you and Joel coming back on the show. That would be fabulous. Thank <laughs> you. Have a great afternoon. You too. Thank you very much. Okay. Beth Maitland, everybody, from The Young and the Restless. So that's a wrap for Brandon's Buzz on Tuesday, um, February 24th, 2009. Tomorrow, as I said, hopefully, cross your fingers, we'll have Lacey J. Dalton on, a great country singer from the 70s and 80s. You remember hits like 16th Avenue and her cover of Dream Baby and Black Coffee. She's fabulous. Uh, I'll be talking with her this evening to get a final confirmation on that show. So hopefully it will happen. Uh, and if it doesn't, we'll certainly reschedule for a later date, but hopefully tomorrow. Friday, for sure, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, with the fabulous Nia Peoples from Fame, from Walker, Texas Ranger, and now she's on The Young and the Restless, and she's great on that show, and she is fabulous. We're going to talk all about her legendary career, uh, and I can't wait for that one. Next week, I've got Anna Eggy. She's an Austin singer-songwriter. That's on Monday. Tuesday, I've got Rayal Andrews from General Hospital. That's on Tuesday. Wednesday, I've got uh, a couple of girls who run a website devoted to One Tree Hill. Thursday, I've got Claire Massey from a 90s band called Tammy Show. So it's a full week next week. You can get all the information at my show's website, www.blogtalkradio.com slash Brandon's Buzz, 
or you can come to my blog uh, at brandonsbuzz.com. There's a calendar up there. There's a full radio archive, so you can listen to all the shows. You can download old shows either from the show's website, blogtalkradio.com slash brandonsbuzz, or from the iTunes Music Store. I'm on iTunes, guys. Um, uh, uh, you can download the shows as podcasts. And you, you can subscribe to the show and have them automatically download to your iTunes every time a new one is posted. Or you can just download individual old shows as podcasts and listen to them on your iPod. Can you believe I'm on iTunes with everybody? It's so fun. It's so fantastic. Uh, I appreciate you guys coming along for the ride. It's been really great fun. Uh, let's talk about my friend Joanne. She's got her show, Stardish Radio, coming up next Monday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, with uh, an actor by the name of Seamus Dever. Um, he was on General Hospital last year. He was on Army Wives earlier in the season. He is uh, uh, kind of an up-and-coming guy. He's a great guy. He's been on the show before. He's coming back on the show um, uh, 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 March 2nd, next Monday night. And you can find that at blogtalkradio.com slash stardish. Uh, check out uh, my friend Navelle Lee's show, Buzzworthy. Friday afternoon, he's got uh, two interviews with Crystal Chappelle and Mary Beth Evans, Crystal Chappelle of Guiding Light and Mary Beth Evans, who has just been let go from Days of Our Lives. And uh, that should be two fascinating interviews. I forget the time, but it's Friday afternoon. Uh, I believe 5 p.m. Eastern, but I wouldn't swear to that. But you can find him at blogtalkradio.com slash buzzworthy. Also, check out my friend Ryan's show, In the Zone. They do a, they do a, he and his friend Jen do like a two-hour chat every um, uh, uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, just kinda, they, have, they have guests on intermittently, but they also do... Um, uh, like a soap chat. They talk about the news of the day. They talk about current events. They bring on writers sometimes. They bring on soap bloggers. Uh, and it's a, it's a really great show, and they're great guys. So check that out. You can find them at blogtalkradio.com slash in the zone. So it's, it's, um, you know, it's really great fun what we're doing here at Blog Talk Radio, and I really hope you continue to stick around and continue to support the shows and comment on the shows and send in suggestions because, you know, we're all having just the time of our lives doing this for you guys, and uh, it helps us when we're not doing it in a vacuum. It helps when we get response from the audience. It helps when we know what you like about the shows, what you don't like about the shows, what you'd like to see on the shows, what we could be doing better, what we're doing great with. You know, so by all means, drop us lines. You can, there are email links at all of our show's websites. I have an email link at my blog, brandonsbuzz.com, uh, and there are, also, there are also numerous places to comment and uh, and talk about the shows. So please do, please don't be shy. And you can download old shows. You can listen to old shows. So it's as we were talking about with Beth earlier. It's it's really uh, an exciting new venture here. It's kind of like the Wild West all over again. It's BlogTalkRadio.com, and you you know there's there's shows for everybody. It's it's really great. So uh, this is Brandon. I'm signing off for Tuesday, February 24th, 2009. Don't forget tomorrow. Hopefully, cross your fingers with Lacey J. Dalton, and Friday with Nia Peoples. Uh, you can find full information at blogtalkradio.com slash Brandon's Buzz. Thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Thank you. This is Maya Bialik, and you are lucky enough to be listening to Brandon's Buzz. Hi, I'm Laura Bonarico. It's so nice to have you here with us at Brandon's Buzz. This is Gloria Loring, and I've just been buzzed by Brandon, and I gave Brandon some buzz. Hi, this is Gordon Thompson speaking. And I want to tell you that I have appeared on Brandon's Buzz, and I had a great time. And I think you will, too, so please. 
Beth Maitland, are you still online? I'm still on the line. <laughs> I didn't know if I was supposed to hang up or not, but I wanted to hear the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, I thank you so, so much for coming and hanging out with us. The hour flew by, I swear to God. Oh, good. It was really fun. I oh, I just get going, and you can't shut me up. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what you want in a guest, believe me. I've I've had a couple of experiences where where pulling answers was like pulling teeth. So oh, I, I truly appreciate when people are loquacious and giving and and kind of open to wherever the conversation leads. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad I'm glad that worked out because I about about halfway through it, I said, has he? Have I let him talk at all? Did he say anything? <laughs> <laughs> you were fantastic. Don't worry about it for a minute. And and. I, I certainly hope this isn't our last conversation. I hope I hope that um, you become a regular here at the Buzz because you are terrific. Oh, and I've thank been a big you. fan and of yours for a long, long time. Oh, that's so nice. And I, I mean it when I say I think Joel would just love doing this. Absolutely. It's nice of you to think of it, but I, he is he is so hilarious. And so it, it makes teaching with him really fun, but I think he'd be a really good guest too. So I let's let's – Figure that out. We'll email back and forth. Absolutely. You get in touch with him, and I'll stay in touch with you, and we'll put it together. That sounds great. All right. Well, thank you for everything. Thank you um, so much. I really appreciate it. I, we, I had a great time, and I'm going to go. I've got You had emailed me where to go and listen to the show, and I'll send, I'll send Joel there so he can okay. kind of get a sample. Okay, and I will send you a link of this show. It usually gets posted around half an hour after the show ends. So oh, wow. When, when they post it, I will, I will send you a link uh, with, a, with a player so that you can play the show. Oh, cool! Excellent. Okay, and you can you can you. post it on your website if you want. And uh, as I said in the in the show, you can download it from iTunes. So. Oh, fabulous! Yeah, it's it's That's really exciting. great what they're doing. It really is. This is amazing, and I and I'm I love that there's there. I was trying to figure out how you would know if I I'm thinking while you're listing all your friends that have other shows. I'm thinking how in the world if I was interested in something specific like a a niche um like you do music and soap stars and uh-huh. stuff like that. How would I how would I find something like that? Um, I, I can't even imagine how you search, but I imagine if you're doing it, that there must be all different kinds of, of this sort of opportunity, radio uh, blogging all over the place on every subject, in every industry, on every Absolutely. field. And it's just mind-boggling how you'd even find it. But but um, hopefully it's, you're at the top of the list. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, it's blogtalkradio.com, and you can type in pretty much any subject you want to, and, and there's a show about it. It's really quite phenomenal. That's I mean, amazing. there are literally thousands and thousands of shows on this network about any conceivable topic. That is so cool. All kinds of self-help topics. There are celebrity-driven shows. There are there are uh, online book clubs. There are it's uh, it, the sky's the limit. I mean, there are all kinds of shows. No matter what you're looking for, you will find it on this network. It's really that amazing. Is cool. That is awesome. Did you find them, or did they find you? Well, I tell you what, I, I was working with um, uh, a friend of mine. Uh, I mentioned her, Joanne. She hosts a show called Stardish. Mm-hmm. And she had a woman named Judy Evans on one night. She mm-hmm. was on Days of Our Lives, and she was mm-hmm. on Guiding Lights. I, I know her very well. Yeah, and uh, Joanne didn't know a thing about her because <laughs> she only watches the ABC shows. And um, uh, I'd been a big fan of Another World and, and, and Days and Guiding Light forever. And so uh, I just called in because – Pardon the expression, but Joanne was kind of dying. So, because uh, she only watches the ABC shows, but she had a new show and she didn't want to turn away a guest. So I Absolutely. guess she was pitched. She was pitched Judy, and so she thought she would just kind of wing it. And and she wasn't doing so great. So I called in and uh, immediately got a conversation going, and we talked on the phone for good lord an hour and a half, I guess. Oh my and, word! Uh, it was really amazing. And so Joanne and I stayed in touch after that, and just became kind of really good friends. And I started writing intros for her show. 
and uh, co-hosting sometimes and guest research and stuff like that. And uh, what would happen was Joanne's show is, is really based around the fans to call in and, and talk to their favorites. Mm-hmm. And so what would happen was I would have infinitely more questions for the guest than I would have time to ask. Mm-hmm. And so uh, one night she had Constance Towers on. Oh, and another old friend of mine. Connie Towers is one of my favorite people on the planet. You're kidding me. I'm not kidding you. She is a fantastic actress, and I've been a fan of hers forever. And She's I had awesome. just paid, I had pages and pages and pages of questions for her, and I got to ask two of them. And uh, so I was playing around on the on the Blog Talk site after that show wrapped, and there was a button that said "Become a host now." And so I clicked the button and I filled out the application. You wouldn't believe how easy it is to get one of these shows. Oh my and, word, that's so cool! And uh, got approved and got a show and started approaching people like you. And uh, you're my tenth guest. So, oh. um so it how long kind of, have you, you did this so well? How long have you been doing this? Uh, I started in January. January 15th was my first show. So. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> now, I have a friend who is a, a PR person, yep. and she handles all different kinds of people, but I, I kind of helped her get started in show business. She was an assistant at a little company, and I kind of encouraged her to go on her own. And um, can I give her your information if she's Absolutely. got clients? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I'll, I'll have her email you if she's interested in pitching clients. She's got Seth Green, and she's got some, you know, there's uh, she's got some daytime people, and she's Fantastic. got some, yeah, she's got some other young, young and the restless people and stuff like that. But she's got daytime, nighttime, animation, voice people, other things. So um, it might be good for you guys to know each other. Absolutely, Get, pass along my phone number, my email, whatever you feel comfortable. Okay, along. The, the number that I called in on, 347-202-0799, is a switchboard. It, can that, when you're not on the air, can that reach you also? No, no, it's not. Um, I have a different phone number. Okay, do you, want, do you want to email it to me? Yes, I will. All right, and, um, and you have mine because it came up on your switchboard. Absolutely. Um, but you have my email address to get back and forth, and her name is Brenda Feldman. Okay. And so, it's, and her company is Feldman P- PR. So, I mean, she will be easy to identify if I give her your email address. To you know, she, you'll see PR, and you'll probably be interested anyway. So, uh, but I'll I'll see what I can do about hooking you guys up and and let her know she should you know look at your site and listen to some of your shows and see what kind of you've got some great guests for like ten guests. That's just unbelievable. I know. I, I got really lucky. I tell you what, I I had a list of about twenty five people that I wanted to approach. Uh, just people that I've been fans of for a long time, and mm-hmm. and uh, a great number of them wrote me back. Actually, I, awesome. I was I was stunned, and you know it's you know I, I it, it, it's a new show, it's a new thing, it's something that not very many people are aware of yet, and so I know people are kind of leery to to dive into something they've never really heard of before, mm-hmm. uh, and so it's it's been really amazing the the time I've had so far, and it's growing by the day, and and uh, you know who knows where it'll be in a year. I mean. I it's wish really... you all the best. This is so cool. I can. It's an odd thing. Actors just starting out um, are are the ones that are kind of often go through a little phase where they start believing their own PR and they <laughs> thinking thinking they're all that. But after you've been around the block a couple times, uh-huh. it's just fun to meet nice people and you know it's fun to you know ha- support each other and help each other get going and whatever. And so. Um, the list of your of a lot of your guests just happened to be like Joan was on the show for a while, and and Gloria is an old friend of mine, and that, yes. you know, like all these names are people that are in that category that have been around the block a few times, and that know absolutely it, it's just good form to be to you know see what else is out there. Absolutely, and, you know. So I'm so glad you found so many of the right kind of people. Oh, and it's so much fun hearing people's experiences, and you know, asking the questions that 
I mean, if I have these questions, I know other fans have these questions also, and so it's it's fun kind of being an ambassador for the other fans out there. Oh, how nice. That's so a really speak. good way to look at it. I didn't think of it that way. Um, and, and the other kind of talk show sort of format, um, radio interviews and TV inter- things I've done uh, in the past, it's generally not that. It's generally people – it's not from a fan's point of view. It's, it's yeah. from a – the PR person sends a, sends a, you know, a press clipping or a, a bio or a, a little outline of, of what they want to promote for your upcoming projects or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really usually limited to that. And it's very – rare that you get to actually just go on and on and on about things that make you laugh or things that you know things that you want to talk about so it was that's why I kind of got carried away I was kind of fun to just oh well and then this happened and then that happened and are you there Brandon are you there (laughs) well you know it's so much fun to dish especially when you know you when you're dishing with somebody who who kind of knows what you're talking about so yeah yeah okay yeah well, but from a from a fan's perspective, it's kind of a fun way to. I'm glad you're looking at it that way because I think you're probably right. And people ask me the nuttiest things, and and but <laughs> but but I think in general, they everybody does want to know how you got started. And um, Joel and I did interviewed each other for the website stuff, and I think those clips you could actually see um, the little video clips of me saying, Joel, how did you get started in the business? And he says, Well, Beth, how did you get started? In the, and we we each do about ten minutes on how we got started, uh-huh. and it's and it's kind of fun because people, especially other actors, people that are interested in getting into entertainment, want to know what other people's experience is because they want to know if theirs is unique or if theirs is going to be similar to everybody's in a, in a big way, and then it's just the specifics that are different. Um, it's kind of fun to know where people came from and stuff like that. Absolutely. Part of our human experience. Anyway, I will let you go. I appreciate the afternoon very much. Lots of fun. And I will uh, be looking for an email or something from Brenda Feldman. Fantastic. I will. And and uh, I will get with Joel and send him to your site and have him look at a few things and see uh, what that looks like. I th- I bet that he won't want to do it for a couple of weeks until our site is launched. So that, that, it, it act, so that people could actually go there and see it, you know, for real. So Okay. Well, so, I, I'll tell you, uh, my, my kind of day job uh, responsibilities get really hectic at the back end of March. Okay. So I'm going on hiatus after about March 10th, and I'll be back on the air in April. So we can plan something for dude? April if you like. Are you a tax dude? Do you do? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. I actually manage my uncle's catering company, believe it or not. So. Oh, you're kidding. So ha- oh, so it's tax parties. It's for, you guys have a catering company that centers around the tax deadlines. People are so excited they turned them in that they have a party. Anyway, so I'm going to be on hiatus for a couple of weeks, but, cool. but I'm coming back in April with, with uh, a great guest, Nicholas Walker. I don't know if you remember that I love that name Nicholas or not, Walker. Me too. He used to – I miss him. He, he is uh, such a talented, wonderful guy, and I know his wife, Wendy. And he um, – I met him in the 80s when he was on Capitol across the hall. Absolutely. Party, and he was dating Eileen Davidson, who plays Ashley. I didn't know that. It was not a happy time. Okay. <laughs> so you should – you can have that in your, you know, up your sleeve, but I, it would, it would, it might be a trick question. But his wife actually is is a lovely, a very interesting. She used to be married to, since you're a music, she used to be married to, um, am I say this, James Newton Howard. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Who's the famous movie score guy? Wow. And so they got married after both of their kind of bad experiences. Um, and and we're just so relieved to find each other and to find somebody that was kind of nice, you know. <laughs> so they're they're a, and um, also Nicholas is a very close friend with Jess Walton, 
Okay. Who might be another really fun guest for you? And she's a. They were on Capital together. They were, um, and he went on to have a fabulous um, landscape. He's a landscape designer. Yes, that's what. It, that's how. That's how I found him. Actually, I. I really. I, yeah, I found his website, and the email link was a dead link, and so I just called him up and said, "I'm trying to get a letter to Nicholas Walker. Can I have an email address that actually works?" And the guy, I guess, running the front desk gave me one, and so we kind of got in contact that way. And he is doing some work with Kathy Ireland. Um, oh! And they That's have right. a book coming out, I guess, uh, about kind of landscaping and lifestyles and stuff like that. How and fabulous. So we're going to talk all about that. We're going to talk about the soaps. And here's so, one more thing. He has a twin brother who's an opera singer. You're kidding me. I am so not kidding you. See, aren't you glad that I gave you this little prep? Good. You know, every, I'm going to have to call you before every interview and say, "Do you know this person?" <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I just happen to know a few people you mentioned today. I don't know anybody else. That's all. Isn't that... <laughs> you know, you talk uh-huh. about the world being as small as, a, as the head of a pen. It's really true. It's. <laughs> but um, another person that you might want to interview is the lovely Catherine Hickland who is a yes. very good friend of mine, who just came out with a fabulous book and is coming out the 30-Day Happiness Makeover or something. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Days. She actually has a show on this network. Oh, you're kidding. It's on Sunday nights. Uh, I believe it's 7 p.m. Eastern. I wouldn't swear to that, though. And oh, uh, cool. it's kind of like it's a, it's a call-in show. It's kind of like self-help. She kind of oh. gabs with people who are going through problems. It's related to her book. Uh, and, she uh, talked to me about this. I'm remembering this now. Oh, yes. how about mm-hmm. that? It's every and, Sunday night, and it's okay. it's. I love her. I love her. She's loads of fun. Oh, do you want me to try to hook you guys up too? You, you know what? She and Joanne are she and Joanne are pretty good friends, and oh, good. Uh, okay. I think that I think that she's going to wrangle her onto my show. So. Oh, good. But yeah, any any added uh, any added push that you can give. <laughs> okay, you bet. Will I'll certainly go. be appreciated. That's great. Okay, good. So I'm a little, I'm hatching. We got to get, you know, we got to get Brandon's blog and buzz, <laughs> buzzy blog buzz thing happening. So absolutely. You, I, you don't need any help from me though. It sounds like you're doing just great. Oh, I, I can, I'll, I'll, I'll take any help I can get. I promise you. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna sign off. Um, great talking to you, and we'll be in touch. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It okay. Was great, great fun talking to you. <laughs> Likewise. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. Thank you. Bye.